Hallelujah. Father God, we just come before your throne, Lord. In your precious name, Father God, I just ask that every word that comes forth would be guided and led by you, Lord God. I pray, Father God, that uh, minds would be opened, ears would be opened, Father God, and that eyes would see through your eyes, Lord God, what you are bringing them today, Father. I pray that every word that comes out of my mouth, every word that is uh, brought out in this chapel, Father God, would come from you, Lord, and whatever is not from you, Lord, will fall to the ground, Father God. Bless this time in chapel, Lord. Bless your word, Father God, as we get into it, and uh, we just discover the things that you tell us, Lord God, through your word. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. All right, guys, we're going to get into um, the life of Joseph. And um, so we're going to start in Genesis 37. And so to do this, um, we know that his life is, is long, you know, it goes from 37 to 46 and whatnot. Those, those are all chapters. But what I want to do is just give a timeline. I'm just going to do... Um, Bits and, you know, not bits and pieces of his life, but just the basics, you know, the outline of what, what I've received from this word as I've been studying it for the last few weeks, and just really what the Lord is speaking to us through his word, through the life of Joseph. So it starts off in Genesis 37, and then um, we find here that Joseph is the son of Jacob. He's the 11th son of Jacob. He is a young man. He's 17, and... Um, he is his father's favorite. He's his father's favorite child. Right? So, um, he is uh, his, his favorite child because um, he is from his beloved Rachel. That's the first child that Rachel had. She was barren for a long time. He was born at an old age. Um, and then his brother, who is Benjamin, is the 12th son. So, we already see there that there are um, 12 children there and whatnot. The first thing we see when we get into it, I'm just going to read just a little bit because we are talking about the word of God and, um, you know, we should read his word while we're talking about it. So, uh, Joseph, a young man, I'm starting in two, in the middle of two, middle of two. Uh, Joseph, a young man of 17 was tending the flocks with his brothers and sons of Bila and the sons of Selpha, Selpha, his father's wives, and he brought their father a bad report about them. Jacob had sent his son, Joseph, to go and see what his brothers were doing, how they were tending the flocks. He came back and brought a bad report on them. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age and he had made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had. Already we see here that one, Joseph was set apart. That ornate robe, when I looked into it, it didn't really have any significance to it. It didn't really have a meaning to it. It was just a robe. Priests wear robes. You know, um, the, the, the chief priests and whatnot, they wear robes. The kings wear robes, things like that, right? So I was praying, and I asked God, you know, what is the significance? And the Lord put out, said to me, it, he set apart. He was set apart by his son. He's his beloved. He, his, son, his father loves him. He is set apart. 
right? And then he says, and then later on, he set apart, his brothers begin to hate him because he had a dream. And so I'm asking y'all, how many of y'all have had a dream? How many of you have a purpose? We are called for greater things. We are set apart as Joseph is. And we have a purpose and we have a dream, right? So he had a dream and it was confirmed. So we know that when we get a word from God or we have a dream from the Lord, the purpose that he has in our lives, we, we test it, right? He says to test and approve that it is right. It is what it is. He, he had it confirmed later on in Genesis 37, 9. And then when he went on ahead and told his brothers, man, this is my dream. They were like, nah, bro, not even, it's not going to happen. You know, and they started hating on him even more because they were already jealous that he was his father's favorite. So now he has a dream that they're going to bow down to him. And they're like, no, he has a second dream to confirm it. He says it to them. They hate him more. He goes on to tell his father and his father says, you mean to tell me me and your mother are going to bow down to you? You know what I'm saying? And so even his father didn't fully believe what what Joseph had dreamed, you know, what he had dreamed about. So Joseph, when we look at the beginning, we see that he is his father's messenger, okay? He's his father's messenger, and um, he, had, he was sent out to go and look, for, for his, uh, look after his brothers again, and then his dad said, come and bring me the report, right? So now I'm just going to go through the outline I made because, you know, the story's really long. So then he says... Um, and then as he's approaching them, his brothers started plotting against him. They're like, man, we're going to kill him. We're going to take him out. We're going to cut him short. We're going to cut in on him. We're, we're taking him out. We're going to kill him. And they, when they seen him, they mocked him. And they said, hey, look, here comes that dreamer. Let's kill him. Let's take him and throw him you know, away or whatnot. But Reuben, Reuben his, one of his brothers, he attempts to rescue him. And he says, why are you going to kill him? Why are you going to cover yourself in that man's blood? Why do you want his blood in your hands? Why don't you just, you know set him away and we'll go into that into that section which is in Genesis 37 21 to 22 he says to him um when Reuben heard this he tried to rescue him from their hands let's not take his life he said don't shed any blood throw him into the cistern here in the wilderness but don't lay a hand on him Reuben said this to rescue him uh from them rescue him from them and take him back to his father so when Joseph came to his brothers they stripped him of his robe they stripped him of his robe that he was wearing, his ornate robe, and then they took him and threw him in a cistern. A cistern was empty, and it had no water. As they sat down to eat their meal, they looked up, and so he gets sold into slavery. That's the first thing. So now we have Joseph, who is set apart. The Lord has given him a dream, and now you got people that hate him, his own brothers that hate him, mock him. And they say, man, you know what? We're going to strip you of what, what you have. We're going to strip you from your being set apart, right? So then they take them and they say, um, we're going to throw you in the cistern and whatnot. But then they realize, man, we're not going to do that. You know what? We don't want your blood in our hands. After all, you are our brother. We can't kill you, you know? So we're going to sell you. So these men come along and they're, um, they come along the road as they're eating and they sell them to him for 20 shekels. They sell their brother for 20 shekels, right? So then Joseph, I can imagine, I mean, it doesn't say it in the scripture that he's like, no, nah, no, nah, you know, fighting for his life or anything like that. But I can imagine if you're getting torn apart by your own brothers, you know, you're getting sold into slavery. And that's, I imagine getting sold into slavery. You know, you already have a plan. You know, the dream the Lord has given you, you're being sold to slavery. And he's like, he, you know, I can imagine the resistance, but he was sold to Midianite merchants. So that's his first, being, his first time being sold, because he actually gets sold twice. 
So for 20 shekels, he gets taken down. And then his brother comes back, sees, man, my brother's not here. It's just a disaster, right? So that's part of the outline. So now, what do we see? God has a plan. God has a plan for Joseph, right? In 37, 26, 7, uh, that's where it says, Judah said to his brothers, we, uh, what will we gain from killing his brother? So I see that as God's plan for him, right? Because they were going to kill him, to take him out. His dream would have been done. There wouldn't be no dream coming and being fulfilled. That's exactly what they were saying. If we kill him, his dream won't be fulfilled, but God had a plan. It only could be from him to put it in their heart to say, man, we don't want his blood in our hands. You know what I'm saying? So they take him out. And then you have, um, he gets sold again. And this time he gets sold to the Potiphar's wife. And this is in Genesis 37, 36. He becomes Potiphar's servant. And then he's, uh, the Lord tells him in Genesis 39, 1 through 6, that he's with him. He gained, the, the, he gained Potiphar's trust. You know, his character in Potiphar's hands showed that he was trustworthy, that he was a man of God, a man of integrity, somebody that Potiphar can put his whole household in his hands and trust him, and trust him with everything, right? So then Joseph found um, favor in his master's eyes, and that could only be something that the Lord has given him, something that he knows, man, I, am, I know who I am. I know what the Lord has given me. He has, he has given me a dream. You know what I mean? He's going to walk me out through it or whatnot. So Potiphar's wife comes, and she tries to deduce him. She pursues him day after day. She's persistent. And she's saying, hey, come lay with me. Hey, man, you're handsome. You're good looking. And he says, no, 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 no. What, am I going to come now against God? Am I going to sleep with my master's wife? He's giving me everything in this household but you, but his wife. I'm not going to sin against God, right? So then the opportunity comes in Genesis 39, 11. We'll skip there. One day he went into the house to attend to his duties and none of the household servants was inside. An opportunity for this seducing wife of Potiphar to come and say, hey, come to bed with me. Come on, right? An opportunity for that dream that the Lord had given him at 17 to be taken away from him, right? When she saw that he had left his cloak because he took off, he was like, nope, he fled from her. He took off from, away from her. So Joseph resisted. He fled. She accused him. As a result, he was put in prison. Boom. Another bang on this man's dream, right? Another way for him to say, oh, well, is your dream going to be fulfilled or not, you know? Or he, for him to doubt. I mean, if we're standing in those circumstances and we have a dream and all these things start hitting us left and right, we sometimes think, hey, I don't know where this is going, right? But he didn't. He was like, okay, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to continue to be faithful. I'm going to continue to be trustworthy. I'm going to continue to live with integrity. And what happens? He gets put in charge in the prison. Even in the prison, he's in charge. You know what I'm saying? He's in charge of the prisoners and all those things. He's well known there, 39, 20, uh, Genesis 39, 29 through 1. says, the Lord was with him. Again, the Lord is with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. So then here comes another, the, the, you know, the, 
his calling being fulfilled, I would say, Joseph, through God, interprets dreams. The chief bearer, then we have the dream with the chief baker, right, where the chief bearer is going to be exalted, he's going to be restored, and the chief bearer is going to get, you know, his head cut off, he's done, he's finished, right? So then in Genesis 40, and, and one of the things that Joseph says to the, to the uh, chief bearer, he says, hey, remember me. Remember me when you get restored. But guess what? Two years later, the chief bearer doesn't remember him until two years after he was restored. So there goes another two years of, of Joseph in prison doing his duties and whatnot, right? So then now, um, Pharaoh has a dream. Sorry. Pharaoh has a dream, and when Pharaoh has a dream, um, that's when the chief bearer remembers, hey, oh, man, I remember my shortcomings. I remember where I fell short. Boom, God has a plan, right? He goes ahead and he gives him the dream, uh, uh, tells him about Joseph. Joseph comes up, and he tells him, this is, you know, uh, he says, hey, I heard you can interpret dreams. And he says, not I, but God can interpret dreams. He says, can we find, um, I'm sorry, I'm moving ahead of myself. So he says, hey, not I, but God can interpret, my, interpret the dreams that need to be interpreted, right? So then um, the, he, he does it. He tells a man, for seven years, you're going you know, to have an abundance. You're going to be growing crops and whatnot, and that's in, in chapter 40. And he tells him, but then there's going to be seven years of famine. And after all seven years of famine, you know, uh, whatnot, you're going to need all this. So he tells him how to take care of it. So Pharaoh says, man, can we find anyone like this man? one in whom is the spirit of God. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God, since, God has made you all, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and so wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. God is with Joseph. Genesis 41, 1 through 57 talks about how God is with Joseph. And then God will give you more than you have given up or have, has been taken from you. And that's what's in uh, 41, 39 through 45. He took, they, they stripped him of his robe. They sold him into slavery. They tried to kill him. They mocked him. He had a dream. This man had a dream. And when he got restored and now he's not Potiphar's, you know, he's not in charge of Potiphar no more. He's in charge of Pharaoh. The king of Egypt, the, the, the pharaoh of Egypt or whatnot. And he gives him his very own ring from his finger, a signet ring. He clothes him with robes of fine linen. He gives him a gold chain around his neck. He changed his name and gave him a wife. And then he bears his children, right? God gives you more than what you're going to give up for this dream or what you think you're going to lose in, in walking with that dream, you know? Forty-four years have passed since Joseph was sold by his own brothers, um, by his own brothers into slavery. Wait, I don't know if that number's right. I'm sorry, I have to check that. But some years passed, right? It was a long time. It was, th it was, it was actually 30 years when he came into the house um, and was serving, jo uh, serving Pharaoh, right? So he was 17 when he was sold. So imagine that time. There's like 13 years from the time he had a dream, from the time he was sold, from the time he was separated from his family, sold into slavery. But all that time, he was in charge. You'll see, he was in charge. He was the his father's messenger to go check on the flocks. In the slavery, Potiphar's house, he was in charge. When he was in prison, he was in charge. When he was in, he's in Pharaoh's house, he's in charge. And all this time, he is, God is with him, right? 
So Joseph's brother, so then there's a famine, all of that takes place. So it's actually about 44 years when he sees his brothers again. That's what it is. Because it's 30, then plus the seven, the four, you know, the, uh, what is it? Anywho. Um, so he comes and he sees his brothers, right? And his brothers bow down to him. But in, before that, in, in chapters 42 and 44, it almost seems like Joseph tortures his brothers, you know? Yeah. They come to him and he's like, oh, are you spies? Are you coming to spy on me? Go back and do this. He, he puts, you know, their gold back into their pouches, sends them back home. They're going crazy like, oh, my gosh, are we being cursed now? Are we being punished for what we did to our brother Joseph? We don't know where he is and whatnot. And then he reveals himself to them. He can't contain himself. In chapter 45, he can't contain himself no more. So he reveals, and that shows that Joseph, although he was tortured and he was doing all, all this stuff that they put him through, he knew, man, I love my brothers. You know what I mean? They did this to me. They were my enemies, but I love them. I mean, if, why would a man weep if not that, you know? He knew his purpose. He knew his dream. He knew the reasons why he was where he was at, you know? So then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now don't be distressed and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. God confirms Jacob in Genesis 1-6 because they, the brothers go back and they tell the dad, hey, pops, we found Joseph. He's alive. He's very alive. And they were like, he's like, I can't believe this. How many years? It's been 40-something years. A little less than 40, whatnot. I haven't seen my son. But God comes to Jacob in a dream in 46, 1 through 4, and he says, hey, Jacob. Hey, Jacob, what your sons are telling you is true. Joseph, Joseph is there. Go to him. Take your stuff and go to him, you know? So here's the, the points that I got out of this, and this is what it, how it applies to you, okay? Joseph, he was convinced about his dream. He was convinced about his purpose. Not, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, in the text, it doesn't talk about he was distressed. He was holding his head in his hands, talking about, oh, why is this happening to me? He never once was said to complain and ask God. No, he just went with it, and he did everything to the glory of God no matter where he was. No matter where he was, no matter where he, where he was positioned. And this brought me to the verse in Romans where it says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, ne neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Are you guys convinced today that the purpose that God has given you to be here at SUM, to be fully equipped and prepared and ready for what's coming in your ministries ahead, for what you're doing today in the ministries that the Lord has already placed you in. Are you faithful with the little that God has given you so that you can receive much when the time comes? Will you wait 13 years to see your dream come to pass? Or do you want it now? Will you start making your own choices? Or will you walk with God? Will you walk with him and be in step with him so that you can go to the places that he's going to take you? How many ways is Satan trying to steal your purpose? We see with Joseph, his own brothers tried to kill him. They mocked him. They threw him in a cistern, left to die. They sold him into slavery. Temptation came his way through the perversion of, the, of Potiphar's wife. You know what I'm saying? How many ways is Satan trying to cut in on your race? 
How is he trying to kill, steal, and destroy your dream, your purpose that God has given you? And are you ready to stand up on it? Like Pastor Joe said yesterday, finally, be strong in the Lord. Right? That's it. It's enough. We've seen too many people go away because somebody cut it on their race. A temptation cut it in their race. A desire to be in a relationship. Their desire to do things their way. Oh, but I'm not seeing results like I want to see them. I'm not seeing the results in my natural mind, God. I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it. So you know what? This must not be for me. This must not be true. That is a lie from the pits of hell. The results that we see are supernatural. They're not in the natural. You know? How long will we wait? What is cutting in on, our, on your race? You were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? The kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little, a little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, will have to pay the penalty. You don't think that Joseph's brothers felt it when they seen their brother and they bowed down to him and said, whoa, we didn't see this coming. We, th we thought you were long gone. And not that we do anything to throw it in people's face in the future, but we have to know who we serve. We have to know that we serve an almighty God who has already ordained our steps, who has already made our path clear, who wants us to walk that narrow path, not that wide path. When we fall to the side, he lifts us up. He lifts us up. When we want to fight for our rights, when we want to fight for the things that are being unjust to us, guess what? We have a just God who will fight for us, and he puts us in charge. We are in charge today. We are in charge of our homes. We are in charge of our ministries. We are in charge of the people that we're around. We are the light that shines in their dark areas. We are no longer darkness. When we come into a room, that place has to light up. We have to know where we stand, you know? How did Joseph stay focused? He believed and trusted God. He understood that God overall was in control. Even his adversaries testified to his God's faithfulness. Potiphar, man, you're an awesome man of God. The Lord is with you. I see that. My whole household is in your hands. The warden, man, you're a man of God. The whole, the whole prison is in your hands. Having the power to escape, he never did because he knew he was where God needed him to be. Pharaoh, man, the whole land of Egypt is yours. Come on, y'all. That's who we are. You know what I'm saying? We are our father's messengers. We are set apart. We do wear that robe, that colorful robe that welcomes everyone into our lives. We are set apart to do that. We are his messengers, and he walks with us. We shall be wherever he is is where we will go because he is with us. Whenever we're in a place where we're like, oh, man, I don't know, I don't know. Guess what? God isn't with you, or you're not with God. Which one is it? Are you right with God? Are you doing what you need to do to stay focused? Amen. <laughs> to his wisdom, uh, let me see, his God, sorry. So even his adversaries testified to his, to his God's faithfulness, to his wisdom, to his God-willing uh, purpose. Can this be said of you is the question. Are, are you held up 
to high esteem, not only by your leaders, but by those around you, in your home, in your work, against even your enemies. Can your enemies come up and say, man, I don't even have anything to say against this person. All they do is come serve me a plate of food, give me a glass of water. They try to wash my feet. It's kind of crazy, but they try to do it. You know, are we serving our enemies with a full heart like God would want us to? Joseph could have killed his brothers. He could have had them all slaughtered. Forget y'all. You ruined my life all these years without my father. All these years without my brother Benjamin. All I had. No. He said, don't be distressed. God had a plan. And God has a plan for us as well. Joseph did everything to the glory of God. Therefore, whether his father... He was his father's favorite. He was sold into slavery, falsely accused and put in prison. Um, or, or by Pharaoh, he said, hereby, I put you in charge of the whole world of Egypt. He did it all to the glory of God. And that's what we should do. We should do everything to the glory of God, no matter how low we are, no matter how high we are, no matter what title we walk around with, no matter what we think we are. When we come to Christ, we die to self. And we live in him. And therefore, when we, exalt, when we try to exalt ourselves, we're, not, we're doing this. God is down here, and, and we're up here. No, 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 no. It should be the other way around. Let God be up here, and let us be down here so that he can be exalted through our work, through our physical being, right? So how should we stay focused, you know? Hold on to your dream. What is the purpose that God has given you, you know? What is that dream that he woke you up from that you want to go and tell everybody, man, this is what God's going to do with me? People are going to mock. People are going to try to kill you. They're going to try to take you out. They're going to try to burn that fire. They're going to water that fire down. Don't let it be so. Don't let it be so. So that was my message for today. I hope you guys received, and um, I'll just pray us out, okay? Hallelujah. Father God, I just thank you so much for your word, Lord. I pray, Father God, that as SUM students, as full-time ministers, that we are going out into this world to be, Father God, that you will give us uh, a fresh, just a revival in our hearts of that dream, Father God, of that passion, of that purpose, Lord, that you have given us specifically, called us out to, Father God, and that in those situations and circumstances that we stand in right now, Father God, whether it's in sickness, whether it's in uh, longing for a, a relationship, whether it's in longing for a different uh, desires in our hearts, Father God, goals, Lord, I pray, Father God, that you overall, God, would give us peace. That in the waiting, Father God, we would see your hand, your comfort, your wings around us, covering us, Lord God, as you walk with us in this world, Father God. And God, let us go forth and do everything to your glory, Father God, with integrity that comes from you, Lord. Have your way in this, the rest of this day, Father God. Have your way in the rest of this school year, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. amen. Thank you very much.